Hey, I'm Brandon from Promises Cap Collective. This is the Hey, How's It Going show, and I've got Justin Majors, a.k.a. Little Six, on again, a rapper from Freeport, Texas, been working on new music and has a new single out now called All Black Mask featuring Billy Winfield. Hey, Justin, how's it going? What's up, man? Pretty sick. I'm, man, I'm just hanging on, out, man. man, having a good time. So so tell me a little bit about Black, All Black Mask. Um, so All Black Mask originally was a warning shot and you know, well, I guess it still is a warning shot to the people that were hopping in and out of my inbox um, during this little beef. Um, when we first did our interview the first time I remember, I think I told you I was part of a group called dead gang and yep. that group is no longer together anymore. Oh yeah. It's like when that happens, we, uh, we parted ways. It was it was just best that we did that. Um, it wasn't going good for anybody. A whole bunch of whole bunch of crap went down. Things fell apart. So from there, it was just beef between his friends and my friends, and then between us, and then everybody else on his side, kind of hopping in my inbox and. Well, he doesn't necessarily do anything anymore. Neither does anybody else. So it's just a warning shot, you know, just like, I, I know what you do. Okay. All right. So, um, how, uh, I've, I've heard through the, the group that, um, that you're, uh, you're looking for a record label. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Um, so I've been submitting my music to a couple of mm, not necessarily well-known record labels, but people, people that would give you like a good start. Um, one of them being earache records, which is, is like a metal type. Uh, and they have gizmo signed, which is uh, a rapper. I kind of, kind of like to listen to. He influences a lot of my stuff. So that, so do a couple of other rappers, but uh, they've got Gizmo signed to them, and I'd been submitting my music and stuff, and just kind of been getting watched, you know. Here and there, I'll get a like on a video from their from their official page, or uh, I'll get a message from them talking about they really like this. The most recent message that I got, though, was we're watching you and we're looking for a metal trap type sound with guitars, kind of like City Morgue. And so I've kind of just been working on stuff like that in the studio at the moment, and I haven't released anything. I've just been trying to uh, tweak it, kind of perfect the sound before sending it off again and you know, having them check it out. Okay. Sweet. So you've got, you, you think that, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but you think that, um, you've got a, a chance with getting on a label with somebody? Um, I think I got a good chance of getting on with them. Um, that, or, uh, I mean, if a miracle happened, gray five, nine, but, I kind of doubt that for quite a while. I'm not that well known and you know, I've I've got 
one good video going for me on trash gang at three mil, but that's about it. That's um, awesome. I think I have a good thing. I think I got a wow. good chance of getting picked up by him. Okay. Nicola McLeod says she loves your tattoos. Uh, Appreciate y'all. Sweet. <laughs> she said living the tattoos and then replaced it with loving. Sorry. Um, but yeah. All right. So uh, what is it you hope to achieve with uh, getting a record label? What's up? What is it you hope to achieve with getting a record label? Getting on a record label? Um, what I hope to achieve with getting on a record label would be more so uh, the benefits of promotional type stuff. So I'll have, um, I guess I'll have people running promotion for me if they're not making me do it myself. Um, access to people that can get shows a lot quicker and book them or book a tour. Um, management on where to, uh, what direction to go in. Um, I know what direction I want to go in, but to get, get views, get sales, get, you have to, uh, cooperate with your record label and, you know, not necessarily give them full creative control, but you got to give and take, and you got to let them give a little bit and take a little bit. And part of them taking is, well, we want you to go a little bit in this direction because the viewers that we're pertaining to or that we're trying to pertain to, um, they want this. So if you do this, you'll get more views and you'll get more money and this and that. So, but some yeah. people see that as selling and it's not, not, as long as you're not giving them full creative. Yeah. You, you tell me what you want to look like and, put a big old cross on top of my head or this or that, you know, that's, um, yeah. yeah. Whereas you kind of be in a mutual relationship agreement with your record label to actually prosper and get somewhere. Okay, cool. Um, so my buddy Bob wants to know, uh, can you talk about your recording process? Like once you have a song idea do you record at home, do you work with uh, other musicians in the area? Uh, so my recording process is basically like a little ritual. Um, so I do record at home. I use a, um, a V studio 20, the basic laptop and a phantom mic. And I do all the EQ myself. I do all of the mixing, the mastering. Um, I've been mixing and mastering for about 12 years now. I'm, actually 13 no 14 i've been mixing since i was 12 i'll be 26 this year i can't do math i'm fucked i'm stupid right. well i guess we'll move on to uh, a different question um if you could write a law that everybody had to obey what law would you create if i had to create a law that everyone had to follow yeah hmm Damn. Let's try this again. <laughs> um, if 
I had a law, I think I would change it more so towards the schools and educational system. Um, I believe the schools should take out a lot of the uh, recycled curriculum that they've had for over the past 100, 200, 300 years, however long. Um, I think... I think it's time that they were to like refresh everything, give you courses, you know, throughout high school and stuff like that, that actually like gave you life skills, how to cook, how to clean, but they do do that. That's home ec and stuff, but make it mandatory. You know, people need to know how to cook a pot of spaghetti because they don't know how to cook spaghetti. All they know how to do is put ramen in the microwave and go, you know, go to work. No, we need to, more so cater to the generation that's going to be the next, you know, the next group of adults running the country. And whenever you have adults that are, you know, 40 years old, 50 years old now, you know, like my parents' age, that understands everything. Not really. You can graduate high school at the top of your class. You can go to college and... You can excel, get a bachelor's degree, and you can still be jobless. You can still be searching. You can put in application after application and it not make a difference because I, I I graduated top of my class. I don't have a job in pipe fitting. <laughs> I'm a job in pipe fitting. The is from here where I live all the way to Houston, which is over – an hour and a half away. I've got applications all over tech and okay. no one will hire me, which makes no sense. So I think to benefit people, we should make a law stating that the school should have to change their curriculum to pertain to life skills, not just I need to learn math, I need to learn science, I need to learn Pythagorean theorem because I'm sorry to say, but Pythagorean theorem does not help me in the kitchen and it doesn't help me sweep my lawn or I mean, sweep, my, sweep my porch and mow my lawn. And you got to teach, you have to teach life skills because I'm not even playing like uh, a week ago. There was a kid complaining that he didn't know how to start his lawnmower because <laughs> his dad never taught him. And his dad basically said, figure it out and walk back in the house. And I was all like, well, either one, he's going to figure it out or he's going to get pissed off and he's going to go back in the house and get his butt whooped by his dad for not going to walk. I don't know about like teaching kids how to start long mowers, but I, mean, I, I agree with you on like the life skills part. Like I think taxes. <laughs> yeah. I think teaching taxes would be a good aspect in school. Uh, Cause yeah, I haven't learned anything about that. Like- yeah, like taxes, life skills, um, <laughs> how to actually do laundry, how to do dishes the correct way, how to how to take care of a child, how to um, how to do your checkbook. I learned how to do a checkbook when I was in fifth grade. That was grade school. They were all like, "Here, we're gonna teach you how to write a check and how to balance a checkbook," and I'm like. When am I allowed to get checks? They're like, probably not till you're 18. I said, okay, so why now? And they're just like, got to teach you something that's worth it. Yeah, I agree. I can agree with that. 
Sweet. I know I know a lot of people are laughing right now from my trailing off and how it went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I, I you got I you you bring up you brought up a good point. I agree with um so nice. Uh if you could write I already asked that. Uh what do you like more, being a leader or a follower? Um Honestly, neither. Okay. Because uh, I'm torn in between it. You know, on one hand, there's certain things that I do want to follow. And then on the other hand, I uh, I want to lead some stuff. But uh, it's that being in between that's like, man, I can't decide. So if I can't decide, I'm not going to do either. I'm just kind of here. Okay. Bob says you can pull a check out at the register and I'm ramming my cart into your ankles. Use a debit card. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't use checks. Yeah, I don't I don't either. My bank never gave me a checkbook when I signed up. They gave me a debit card and that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joseph I, I says, don't really have to worry about it. Sorry, what? Are you good? Uh, so Joseph says, if you really want a job, you will take any job that any pay. I own a business and have kids that tell me, uh, telling me they need $16 an hour to start yet. I have two employees making one K a week and started out at 10 a few out a few years back. What do you think about that? Um, well, I understand that. I don't complain about the jobs I have because I work regardless. I, um, take any job I can get. I've worked jobs where I was getting paid minimum wage at $7 an hour. And I've, you know, just kind of worked multiple different jobs, but I went to college while taking care of my daughter before my son was born and stuff. Um, and I was all like, all right, I got, I got a degree. I can, I can go and get a good job and get some good money, you know, decent hours, you know, guaranteed 40 hours a week, but it doesn't work like that. That's not how the world works. It's supply, demand, this, that. So you kind of got to give and take and take what you're given. And what I was given was um, a handful of jobs that I didn't want versus the one job I wanted. I just went ahead and took the jobs I didn't want because it provides money. It pays my bills right then and there, and I don't have to worry about, I guess, you know, going under, falling, failing, all that. Um, okay. I try not to complain about that too much because that's been two years, two years ago. Yeah, I try to get jobs that I like um, in some sort of way because I can't, like, work at a job I hate. It just doesn't work out. I mean, if I have to, I will kind of thing. But as soon as I am in such a way where I can, like, go get a different job, I will. Uh, I, like, hate – I can't, like, work at a job I don't like. It makes me too miserable. It's like I try to find something welding or, um, like, I stay away from retail, stuff like that. Um, I was a cashier once. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> couldn't do it. Um so I try to go for like manufacturing jobs, like welding. Like right now I'm a, uh, what do I do? I'm a telecom technician. I go to like cell sites and stuff like that and work on the 5G network for yeah, Verizon. Yeah. 
And I don't necessarily like it, but it's better than a lot of jobs I've done before. So, like, I can deal with it and I can go to work every day and not, like, hate my life. Um, not, like, again, it's not something I really want to do. I'd rather be doing welding. But I like, I like the company I work for and they're good. Um, you know, the, a lot of the jobs I get stuck with kind of suck. But, you know, it's, like, it's something I can deal with. You know, I just put something on, like, a Discord, rather. I get in and I talk to Bob or I'll talk to anybody else I can talk to in Discord. And I just I get through it. You know, I can manage to block out the, uh, the stuff I don't like and work on it. So it's doable. <laughs> Yeah, I work a lot of kitchen jobs, a lot of cooking jobs and stuff like that. I like to cook and I like industrial. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I I don't know about cooking, but uh yeah, industrial has always been where I was at. Except warehouse jobs. No. I did that once, couldn't do it. Um but yeah, so I don't know where else I could go with that. So, let's move on to something else. Um What's the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Seen or read this week? Um, honestly, I'm not really on social media too, too much. Um, I think the weirdest thing that I read was... Um, that kid uh, that everyone was talking about, that nine-year-old, um, the one that's like all over social media and stuff like that, where he was lying about bully, being bullied or whatever like that. I saw a, a news article that said he killed himself, but it was all fake news. I think that was the weirdest thing I read this week. I don't even know what you're talking about. What happened? <laughs> so like some nine-year-old lied oh. about getting bullied? So apparently there's like this little thing going around of like a nine year old or he's 18 or something like that. Like, like I said, I'm not really on, um, on social media too, too much, like looking at stuff like that because it's a whole bunch of drama, but there's like some, some kid or adult or whatever. That's like, I guess he's a little person. I don't like say midget or whatever, but a little person. And, um, I think his mom recorded a video of him crying and stuff like that, saying he was bullied. <laughs> and uh, what was it? Um, she made a donation page and got a whole bunch of donations. And then like he's on Instagram flexing the money and stuff like that. And, you know, like there's a whole group of people that think he's an 18 year old and stuff like that. And then there's a group of people that think he's, a kid and then there's like me in the middle like reading both sides of this dumb weird shit and it's kind of like yeah that's the weirdest thing i've read this week okay so bob says that's the weirdest thing uh sorry what i said that's why i don't get on yeah yeah same uh bob says the weirdest thing i read this this week was the media is using the coronavirus to tank the economy so trump loses the election uh what do you think about the coronavirus Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw a video of uh, people in, uh, I guess it's China or Japan, wherever it's happening at this point in time. Like I said, not on social media too much looking at this, but uh, uh, where they're like coughing on their hands and wiping 
wiping it on um, like elevator doors and stuff like that or the buttons or uh, spitting all over stuff so people touch it. Um, I think I think the coronavirus right now um, is just causing a mass panic, which which is kind of dumb because the coronavirus has actually been around for a long time. If you go and you look on the back of a Lysol can, like, you know, the Lysol spray that kills 99% bacteria. If you look on there down on the list of uh, diseases and bacteria that it destroys, it says coronavirus. Really? Have you like and seen this? I've, yeah. Yeah. Like you can, you can go to a, uh, to a store or in your cabinet or whatever and grab the spray can of Lysol and, uh, <laughs> It'll uh, it'll uh, tell you there's it'll it kills coronavirus on it. Now there are different strains and stuff like that, but I think I think the media lies about a lot of what's going on. I don't think there's as many deaths that there's you know been told over two thousand, four thousand, however many. I don't think um, I don't think it's actually killing people as quick as it is or. You know, some people have it, and it's not as severe as what it's being made out to be. It's meant to be like a mass panic, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, Bob, who uh, is a friend of mine from Discord, he uh, does something called the Boomer Bob Show. And he just went mm -hmm. on his show with a friend of his who is all into, like, um, from what I know, basically the coronavirus and, like, what they're doing to it. He's got, like... I don't know if I should say that, but he's very into it and looking into the coronavirus. And he says they uh, he learned from his friend that they modified the they've modified the coronavirus using the SARS virus so it can attach to the human genome. Ooh, see, this is a uh, that's that's the government playing against the people. If that's if that's really what's happening, then. Uh, I guess you could say biological warfare and depending on who's who's doing it, if it's our side, you know, the U.S. government doing it, then I guess it's, you know, war on the people. They're trying to take out the people that can't be cured and the weak ones and the poor ones slowly but surely that way it's left with, you know, current death rate is. Is that above two percent or below two? Less than two percent, I think. Oh, less than two percent. See that that makes sense. See everybody else is like, oh yeah, there's there's a there's a high alarming rate of debt happening because of it, and it's causing like a mass panic. And uh, I I just think it's uh, I think everybody needs to kind of you know watch it, but. Uh, you know, wash your hands, you know, do, do your normal stuff, you know, your day-to-day -day thing. But uh, I don't think everybody should be freaking out and, uh, you know, face masks and all that. I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, when you say that, it reminds me of, like, you know, every epidemic we've had in the last, like, 20 years, like swine flu, bird flu, all that kind of shit. And it's always been yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's this big thing. And it's like, it, it really was, it was a big thing, but you know, I didn't get it. You know, I know that's not really a yeah. good, I don't get sick at all. So, um, I know it's not a good example, but it, it, I don't know. It always just seems to blow over. Like, uh, maybe, you know, hopefully this will blow over as well and it won't be as big as the media is making it. But, um, at the same time, like I was telling Bob earlier, 
uh, one of my friends on Facebook shared a post of uh, the first confirmed. Um, see, there we go saying, oh, my God, the first confirmed case of coronavirus in Rhode Island, which is my state. And then like hours mm-hmm. later, it was just gone, deleted. So like uh, they got this algorithm going through all the social media, you know, deleting all these posts about coronavirus because they want to keep it hush hush. Same thing. I got that same that same article you're talking about where it was the first case of coronavirus in Rhode Island, except it said first case in Texas. Mm. So maybe it was like some kind of fake news or something, but it's either fake news or it's how it's how the news and the media pertain to the people in the specific state. So if you go to a certain state during election time and you get the same newspaper, it'll have like the same picture, like the front page picture of like Trump shaking someone's hand or that the articles are different. One side pertains to Trump specifically talking about, you know, empowering him. Whereas the other state has it where it's like, Oh, Trump's doing this and it's bad. And it's, this and that and this and that it's trying to pit people against each other yeah uh bob says research the powers behind the central bank you'll see who's behind the exaggerated media covering this outbreak oh i know i used to do all this research whenever i was a teenager who runs the country who who has the most money and all that the rockefellers the uh rothschild all of them Basically, corporate America is run by nothing but bank systems and shit like that. All these rich folk own this bank, you know, back whenever uh, back whenever it was like illegal to create a monopoly. They had to find a way that they could go around it so they can still continue to run and own the country. And the only way that they could do that was a bank. Take a bank. A bank is a business and a bank and own multiple businesses. So if I'm a bank and Sally and Joe come to me and they want to start a cookie shop, well, I own your cookie shop. And if I want more of those cookie shops, I can make more of those cookie shops. I can make these people very rich. But in the end, I'm the one that's running the industry and I'm the one that owns this. And I can monopolize off of it. And if Jim from down the street wants to start a cookie shop, and a muffin shop, he comes in, he asks me, I give him the same thing. Now I own two businesses. And it's okay. basically like that. Bob yeah. said I nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, before my thing gets taken down by the media, uh, we'll move on from coronavirus to something else. But uh <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about cars becoming fully autonomous and having no steering wheel, brakes, or accelerators in the future? Mm, I'm a very big control person when it comes to driving. So that for me is kind of <laughs> scary. That for me is really scary. I, I don't know about, uh, I don't know about uh, allowing a car to, uh, make decisions for me because my, my thing is so with like technology, not everything is always up to date. Uh, example, you could be driving through Houston here in Texas and you want to take a certain exit and on your GPS, it says to take this exit, but 
FedEx, it's closed and it's not marked closed on the GPS. Well, what if my, uh, what if my automatic car does not register that it is not closed? Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I think that once that does become a thing that they would probably, you know, like be more updated on that kind of thing. You know, once it becomes, you know, the future, <laughs> but I really um, hope so. yeah, I, I can't imagine that they would let that fly because I've noticed that thing with my GPS, but um, like Google, Google's GPS, they are, uh, they're pretty active about that sort of thing. Like when there's a, a road work or something like that, they, uh, they get updated pretty quick, but Google still sucks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what uh what what fact amazes you every time you think of it? Mm. The fact that there are still parts of this world that are unexplored. Like lost tribes and stuff, uncontacted tribes and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People that are not part of uh normal society that were just you know, kind of either one left behind or chose not to uh, advance forward. So it, it kind of, it, uh, it amazes me that, you know, I'm, I'm a million miles over here in America, but a million miles South over in South America, there's this undisclosed tribe that's still walking around with spears and shit, you know, stabbing animals and living life like a caveman. Yeah, and that's kind of. Oh well, there went my hair tie. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of um, it baffles me, man. It it really does, because, you know, I figured by now in the world, you know, we would have uh, explored everything. I mean, everywhere, the no stone left unturned. I thought it. Thought by now everybody would have. Oh yeah, this is discovered. That's discovered. You know, we we went thirty thousand leagues under the sea, type crap. You know, Robinson Crusoe stuff. Found the found the giant squid. Holy shit, I found Moby Dick. Like stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're still discovering stuff every day, and I think there's gonna. I don't. I don't know that they'll ever become a point where maybe like they've discovered like all land masses and stuff like that. And I think we probably yeah. have, but I'm sure there'll always be a point like where they're still discovering new things. You know, there's just the world is huge. And um, like, we haven't like discovered the ocean, you know, probably, yeah, you know, probably a long time before we ever do. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know too much about it. I just yeah. know that the ocean is really hard to do. Um, uh, you can only make submarines go so down, go down so deep and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's true. And submarines are crazy. Um, like I couldn't, I would never want to go in one just because like so many things can go wrong. Like there's this. Uh, I used to work for this company called Electric Boat, and when I got hired, they make submarines for the Navy. When I got hired, they made us watch this like disaster video of the USS Thresher. And basically, like, one weld broke. Like, somebody was into work one day and just wasn't feeling it. And they laid a bit, laid down, laid down one weld bead that just wasn't up to par. And that went through, 
nobody caught the mistake and it went to production and all this kind of stuff and one day the thresher it just fucking broke and the whole submarine just collapsed and everybody died underwater what the fuck yeah just because one weld one weld failed which caused other things to fail and the submarine like ink like crushed it got crushed underwater everybody died crazy man i can't believe that yeah so i'd never go on a submarine (laughs) um just one thing goes wrong one small little thing i think the same same kind of thing happened with the uh uh bob's funny um i think the same same kind of issue happened with that like spaceship that blew up when it was going to be launched. I don't remember which one that was, but uh, slowly one little thing went wrong and the whole fucking thing blew up, you know? Um, it's like it's, it's scary. It's way yeah. too scary. I've been in a submarine before above water, like never below water. And like a museum or something? No, like it, like it was an actual submarine. Like they still, it was still commissioned, I guess and they trained in it or something but um it was my cousin's father's job to i guess pilot the thing i was a kid whenever i went in this so i'm thinking like five years old or something like that so yeah 20 years ago okay do you believe in psychic abilities To an extent. Okay, what do you what do you mean? Um okay, so as a kid I used to have dreams. Um and when I say kid, I'm talking grade school, like third grade, fourth grade. Um I used to have dreams like the night before I would go to school. Um of a certain event happening. Um example. I pictured one night that I went and grabbed a ring out of my mom's jewelry box and I brought it to this girl I liked because we were talking at the time and all that. Um, So, you know, I wanted her to have it. I'd be like, here you go. You can have this, you know, just a gift. And in the dream, I give it to her and I go to class. And in the middle of class, her friend comes in and takes the ring and sets it on the desk and basically humiliated me in front of the whole class. Oh, yeah, that happened. That really (laughs) happened the next day. Interesting. So you had almost like a premonition sort of thing. Basically, and um, I've had a couple of those, actually. Um, Less and less as I've gone gone through life but um like um so yesterday i actually got let go from my cooking position at a uh, at a restaurant because yeah. they're just so slow they're uh, they're literally in the middle of nowhere like to get to the restaurant you have to take like two different access roads and it's like kind of off in the middle of the woods really so it doesn't sound yeah. too good for business. Yeah, not really good for business, you know, unless you know where you're going. So it was really, really dumb. But I was out there cooking crawfish and stuff like that. Well, I had a dream like a couple of days ago 
and you know i kind of just brushed it off where they took me off of the schedule and they said that uh they no longer needed me there because again they couldn't afford to keep paying me so i was like okay you know i don't think that's gonna happen because i haven't had a dream like that in so long so all right no now that happened yesterday oh man that sucks man sorry about that so like what do you are you looking for the same kind of yeah i got a couple of i got a couple of applications uh stuck on my side table over here uh just extras i always um like i've got some in some businesses right now and if they need to be updated then these are the ones they just don't got the date on them but they're pre-filled out and stuff like i'm already ready (laughs) there you go cool all right um what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done take acid and drive oh my god what did that go like um i had recently broke up with my girlfriend and moved out of their house um went back home uh the same day i went to my bandmate's house and He's like, you want some acid, man? He's like, I got a whole sheet of it. He just pulled out this giant sheet of it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, sure. He was like, here, here's four. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I took them whenever I got home. And my dad worked all the time, so I didn't have to worry about him being home. I was an adult. So... It's not like I had to worry about getting in trouble, you know, kid-wise. But um, my mom was home, and my brother was home, and my sister was home. Okay. My sister's in her room. My brother's in his room. I was like, all right, I'm going to go see my brother. I stuck the acid under my tongue. And I went inside my brother's room, and he's sitting there playing, um, what was it, Skyrim, I think. I think he was playing Skyrim or Elder Scrolls. And... Uh, I remember we were having a conversation and the screen started to, uh, to move a bit and I started to feel sick. I was like, Oh crap, I'm going to throw up. This is going to be a good trip. Ran to the bathroom, started throwing up. I still had the acid under my tongue. Luckily. Um, I finished throwing up. My mom comes in she's like, you okay? I'm like, no man, I'm tripping hard. I am tripping. And she's just like, you're okay. Just go lay down. I'm like, okay. She didn't know. I go in my room and I lay down on my bed and I turn the light off and I got stuck for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, not even, not even an hour into the trip. So it's not, it's not subsided the come up, which is, it's like a really shitty stomach feeling and stuff. Um, well, basically, I got a call on the house phone, which was right next to my head. Um, so that, like, snapped me out of the trance. And I picked up the phone, and it was my ex-girlfriend's brother. And he was all like, are you good, man? You were supposed to be here, like, an hour ago. And I was like, what do you mean? 
He was like, you don't remember calling me? I'm like, no, not really. So got off of the phone and I kind of like snuck out of the house. I don't know why I snuck out either. I'm an adult, but my mom was asleep on the couch. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to sneak out. So I um, went and I got in my truck and I started driving. And luckily there was no one on the road. Thank God. Yeah. Because I was not driving straight. Okay. <laughs> Is this something I you would regret doing? Yes. Yes, okay. I do. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't uh, crash into anybody. Literally, it was like a ghost town driving through from Jones Creek, which was my hometown, to Freeport, which is where I am right now. Um, and it's like a 10-minute drive. But, oh, my God, it was so scary. It was so scary because the road was melting. Everything was kind of moving around. Nothing was straight. You could not take your eyes off the road for even a second. I went to look to my left to look at the moon, and I ended up in the uh, on the side of the road. Really? Yeah, so I like hop back on the road and continue to drive, but that's the ooh, yeah, that's probably the worst thing. Dude, that's that's wild. <laughs> yeah, I'd never do a drug like that. I'm not into drugs. I just went sober from like weed and alcohol, and then I'm probably, but like I'd never do like hardcore drugs at all. Like, yeah, none of that stuff like, is I, not for me. I, I don't do any of that anymore for that reason. I uh, I had my little fun with acid, you know, growing up, and you know I got kids now and shit I got to take care of, and that's I got all that out of the way before I had kids. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, just not for me. Not like, no, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being on substances like that. I regret uh, like, taking it. It opened my eyes to a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, which skill or, tra- uh, which skill or craft would you like to master? Um, honestly, producing. Right. I want to. I want to um, master my uh, music producing abilities. Like my um, my mixing and my mastering abilities are good, but I want to be able to create my own beats and my own music, so I don't have to pay somebody else to do it or get it licensed. And this, you know, I can go from oh, I just created this beat, to so rapping over it, to publishing it, and it be done. Okay, cool. Uh, how how far off are you? Do you feel you are from like you know mastering that? Huh? Do you have a lot of work to go? Or um, how confident are you? I'm pretty confident. It's um it's pretty easy for me because I have a lot of diverse uh a lot of diversity in uh, the music styles and stuff inside of my head, so I can hear different things and play around with different sounds, and it'll work. Um. I'm basically just waiting on my tax return so or my paycheck to hit whichever one hits first um, to uh, buy a couple more sample packs and some 808 packs and uh, go from there. Okay, cool. Sweet. Um, what's, your, what's the most hilarious childhood memory you can think of? Mm, 
or just memory in general? Child. Um, I was like seven or eight, and my brother, no, no, I was 10. I was 10, and my brother was like six or seven. Um, we were riding around in the go-kart that I had, and uh, I did like a sharp turn, and my brother rolled out. And I don't know why it was funny, but the way that he rolled and landed, it was hilarious. And, like, of course, like, as a brother, I turned turned off the go-kart and jumped out to help him. But I was laughing the whole time because <laughs> it, it was just hilarious. It was funny. Okay. Uh, nice. Um, <laughs> that I, I used to, like, mess around with go-karts and stuff, and I uh, almost, like, slid. I was, like... I was like drifting in a go-kart that I just got working for somebody. I was like messing around with it in like a dirt parking lot. And like I like almost slid underneath a bus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So that was scary, but uh, that's the closest thing I can think of to that. Um, in 40 years, what do you think you'll be nostalgic about? Man... I'm already nostalgic about the eighties. It's, or I mean the eighties and the nineties, like I love eighties and nineties memorabilia and stuff like that. So probably still going to be that probably just going to be real nostalgic over that. Uh, I'll probably end up coming back to, um, 2016 through 2019 and just being real nostalgic about all of the, um, the fads and all of the styles and the stuff that kind of just went through all the dumb things that happened, the dumb dance challenges or the, the ice bucket challenge, you know, 40 years from now, I just feel like, I remember all that dumb stuff. The hot coil challenge. Oh God. What about that? uh, What about that stupid like challenge where uh, this stupid girl tried to get going? Um, She'd like go into stores and like lick ice cream and then put it back in the case. Oh, yeah. So I remember that. She's like, she got like felonies for that. Yeah. Over here in Texas, if you do it, it's straight jail time. Yeah. That's so bad. Uh, It's so like inconsiderate (laughs) and rude. Like, but at the same time, like, why don't they properly seal ice cream? Like, (laughs) yeah. Like you can seriously just open up most cups of ice cream and it's just there, straight ice cream. Like anything could be, anybody could do anything to it. It's scary. Yeah, I don't like buying ice like, cream. I can literally. <laughs> I can spit in your ice cream and you wouldn't know it. Yeah, it's scary. Um, I don't know how they never came up with that. Like they don't put any kind of sealing on a lot of ice cream. Like I think the briars they have that plastic coating around it. Like it is sealed. But like most ice cream, you just peel the cap off right in the store, and it's like straight ice cream there. It's like what the hell? And I saw that, and I was like, "Yeah, a, I'm not gonna buy ice cream for a while." It's a money thing. It's a yeah, the company. Yeah, they save a lot of money from that little piece of plastic. They, they, uh, I mean, they make it as low as like thirty cents, and they're just like, "We got to cut that thirty cents out." Yeah. Scary, uh, saving money when you could be protecting some people. Do you ever, you ever hear about yeah, the guy who like 
Uh, he's like the reason they put like um, safety seals on like ibuprofen and stuff because he, I guess, like he took like cyanide and injected it into like a bunch of ibuprofen bottles or Tylenol or something like that, and like people, like a bunch of kids died. Like one girl in particular, like yeah. her, her mom gave him like ibuprofen for a headache or something, and she died like a day later of cyanide poisoning. And they never caught the guy. Yeah, yeah I heard about that story. That's why I stopped buying it. Scary stuff. People do some pretty ah. scary stuff, man. Um, sweet, well, not sweet. Um, but I was just gonna move on to another question. Um, how? Uh, what's the most important object you own? What's up? What's the most important object you own? I didn't get that. You you cut out. Uh, what is the most important object you own? Like, oh, the most important object I own. Um, hmm. I think the most important object that I own would be my uh, my audio DAW. Okay, which is which one? Um, it's a V Studio 20 by Roland. Okay, yeah, I haven't heard of that one, but um, like I've heard of Reaper, Ableton. My buddy really likes Ableton a whole lot, and of course, I've heard of Pro Tools and a couple others. I haven't heard of V Studio though. Um, uh, V Studio, pay for? It's, it's like, um, no, 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 it's um, so I use Reaper. That's let, let me rephrase my um. Basically everything I plug up my audio to, like my microphone and stuff. Okay. Um. So you could still get them, but they're like 10, 15 years old, so they don't necessarily sell them like mass production anymore. Oh, it's like a mixer. Yeah, basically, it's just it's a really out of date one. It's the first one I ever got, and. Um, I just kind of been rocking with that. That's how I make all my music. I don't use anything else. I've tried to use other things, you know, the newer, newer stuff, and it just it doesn't turn out right. Okay. Is it uh, analog or digital or something? Um, I think it's I think it's analog. Okay. So you just like the sound it provides, uh, or something. Over the newer What's stuff? That? You just like the sound it gives you over the newer yeah. stuff? Cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, would you rather talk like Yoda or breathe like Doc Darth Vader? Mm. I'm going to have to ask my wife on this one. Hold up. Babe. What? Would you rather talk like Yoda or breathe like Darth Vader? So talk like Yoda? Talk like Yoda. Okay. Interesting. Um, what's the absolute worst name you could give your child? I'm going to have to ask my wife on that one too. <laughs> Babe, what's the, absolute worst, what's the absolute worst name we could have given our child?
Adrian. Mm, shoot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what separates true friends from acquaintances? True friends know when to be there and when they're wrong and just hands down are, are, you know, ride or die versus an acquaintance who is like, Oh yeah, I'm there, but they're not really there. They kind of, they come and go as they please. Okay. The only time they come around is if it benefits them. Yeah. So that's an acquaintance. Okay. I think I agree. If you could do so, how would you change the world? Um, I'd legalize weed on a federal scale in the United States. Keep the age limit at 21. Um, anything that didn't go back into the business has to be donated or, you know, uncle Sam takes his little portion out and it actually goes towards fixing roads, schools, you know, educational systems, um, public transportation, uh, finding cures, you know, just like take, take one thing that could create a whole bunch of money and then disperse it throughout the country. That way, everything can get, you know, fixed up to date. Sounds like a pretty good deal. If you were immortal for a day, what would you do? If I was a what? Immortal for a day. What would you do? Hmm. Probably jump off of the Empire State Building headfirst. Jeez. Yeah, that'd be an experience. Oh, man. Like, well, I'm scared of heights. Belief. Wow. Yeah. Imagine if I'm you, scared like, of heights, so if I know I'm not going to die, then I'm going to do it. What if you could, like, still feel pain, though? Ooh. See, now that, that's the big factor. If I can feel pain, then no, I'm not going to do it. Um, but if I wouldn't feel it and it didn't like destroy my head or anything like that, you know, I was like, like an action figure falling off of the table, you know, I'd probably do it. Okay. Yeah. That's uh that's interesting. Um, I don't know that I would do that. I'm not sure what I would do being immortal. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, have you ever had a dream so vivid you thought it was really true? Yeah. I woke up uh I woke up from a dream where I had a whole lot of money in my wallet and my wallet was right next to me and I picked it up and opened it and it was empty. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be a shit feeling. <laughs> it was. Like I used to have dreams when I was a kid, so like I had some cookies. I woke up and I'm like, Where are the cookies at? Cookies are gone. I'd be so excited about those cookies in the dream, and I'd wake up and I'm like, "Yeah, cookies!" And I'm like, no, I have no cookies. 
Uh, it was like the first sign of depression for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have similar dreams now. I just can't think of any on the top of my head. Uh, have you ever had the falling dream? Yes, I have that quite a bit. I used to have it a lot when I was a kid. Uh, I haven't had it recently. Kind of glad about that because I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that one. It's not fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I seen that. I added that to my show because I seen a video of like uh, this dude jumping off a bridge or a, a building in a GTA Five, and then like when it, as soon as the the character hits the hits the ground, like a dude just like it clips to a dude like jumping up off a couch and like doing a headstand and shit. It, I thought yeah. it was funny. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna ask people that. Um. Yeah, uh, that's why I ask people. Uh, when putting a shirt on, which arm do you put in first? What's up? When you put a shirt on, which arm do you put in first? My right arm. Really? You just knew that pretty quick. Like, I, I don't even think about that. Like, I was like, what? How do you put it on so quick? Like, yeah. how'd you come up with that so quick? I'm OCD about it. Really? So you just like every I'm day, like you got to make sure you put your, your right on first, and mm-hmm. that's nuts. Um, if I don't, man, I have to redo it. It's weird. Really? Is there like how did? Yeah. You just gotta. So like you'll accidentally use your left arm and like no, take your shirt off, and put it on the right way. Mm-hmm. I guess I have that. Like when I like, like walk around and I like make a turn, and I. It's something where, like, I got to go back the same way. I'll always turn the same amount. I'll turn the same direction, like, the opposite direction, or else I'll feel like I didn't do it right. I'll feel like I'll have to spin around in the Mm -hmm. circle to get myself oriented. It's odd. I think that's, like, I don't have super OCD, but, like, with certain things I do. Hell, yeah. Hey, I'm about to have to get out of here. I'm about to have to go get, uh, take care of my kid. Okay. Yeah, that's no problem. We can finish this up. Um... So, yeah, plug anything you want, man. Um, where can people find you? Um, y'all can find me on SoundCloud. Um, type in Lil6, L-I-L, 6-I-X-X. Um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Switchblade6. Uh, but uh, if you look in the search bar and type in Lil6, you'll see me. Um, I'm on YouTube. I've got... My official page and then my topic page, and I'm in the process of getting those merged together for uh, for like an actual verified music account. Um, find me on Spotify. I'm on iTunes, Google Music, Apple, all that. Sweet. All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, it's been it's been a pleasure, even though we had to deal with some internet issues, but the last half went pretty good. So, um. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. And I've got more questions for you if you ever want to come on again. Yeah. Sweet. All right, everybody. This is the Hey, How's It Going show. Later, guys.